Dragnet. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. A special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about eight minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater program number 426 in the series. To my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. What's going on? Well, we have classic radio shows all the way to one o'clock in the morning. Abbott and Costello will be our first show. And then after that, Nightbeat. But... We have our main sponsor here, Dan Jaffe and Dave Weiske from Oil Dry, parent company of Cat's Pride. And they are going to give away another year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. Hey, Dan. Hi, Dave. How are you guys? Good. Hey, guys. Very happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you tonight. And Mike Costello is here, executive producer. What's up, Mikey? Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. Well, we are going to give away another year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter because one of our lucky listeners, sent in a picture and um and we're going to do a drawing in just a few minutes but first let's uh, catch up how are things how's uh how's business things. how's cat's pride doing cat's pride is doing very very well and to show you my dedication and commitment to the sponsorship i actually have a 7 a.m flight tomorrow morning out to la and uh, i can't really tell you what i'm doing out there what are you doing it's secret where well, are you going what did I do last year out now? I don't know. I think you went out. You saw some celebrities, didn't you? I think we sponsored a show. Did you? Oh, well, last year we, we can't talk about it. talk about that show. Well, last year we can. It happened. It did. All right, what happened last year? Ellen DeGeneres. Right. We okay. sponsored Cat Week for yeah. Ellen, and we're not allowed to talk about this year's sponsorship. But I am flying back to L.A., and I will be back on the Warner Brothers lot, so you guys can do the math. I'm guessing you're going to be <laughs> sponsoring Cat's Week again. Well, That's great. We'll have to see about that. Either way, I know you're. Um, commitment and passion toward cats and uh and donating toward cats um is is huge so we want to hear a little more about that i mean that's what brought us onto ellen's radar screen you know how passionate she is about rescue she has her own preserve in africa or something but certainly not for cats but for wildlife yeah and she saw our litter for good program and that every time we sell a green jug of cat's pride we donate a pound of litter to a needing shelter so that pets can find their forever homes. And last year, the first full year of the program in 2018, we donated 5 million pounds of litter to over a 1,000 shelters coast to coast. Now tell us why this is so important, because by donating the litter to these shelters, what does that do to help save cats' lives? It really helps them you know, channel dollars towards uh, purchases that they would have made for litter towards other things. And they've done some wonderful things in the programs that we've seen Coming out of this particular Litter for Good program have been phenomenal. We're seeing them channel those dollars somewhere else. They're getting their litter for free, and we're seeing um, some very positive things happening. And if you think about the sad part about the, the whole shelters and cats, is over 3 million cats literally go into those shelters every year, and over half are euthanized, which is sad. So we're trying to fight that battle and, and help uh, support the cause and find forever homes for those cats. Now, let's talk about how people listening 
listening to this radio show right now can uh, join this program. Very easy. There's no money. They don't have to do it. They just have to go to the website and sign up, right? Correct. It's free. It's uh, catspride.com. You join our Cats Pride Club. And then you can nominate any shelter. It doesn't have to be your local shelter if you are passionate about a different shelter. And if you don't see it, you actually write it in, and we then add it to the drop-down box. And then the pro rata share of those nominations over the total is how much litter those shelters get. Yeah, and it's into the five, year, five million last year. You're going to what? Do more than that this year, right? Well, that's the goal, and it's really up to the listeners because right. you know if this is important to them, then it's important to us. And the way they show us that is really by buying the fastest growing cattler in America. We are doing very, very well. The category is growing at about four or five percent, and we're growing at about four to five times that. So, thank you, listeners. You are making Cat's Pride the fastest growing cattler in America, and we appreciate it. Now it's in the green jug. Don't forget that it's in the green jug. But there's also other Cat's Pride brands, right? Sure. And and again, when you talk about good, better, best, and you talk about EDLP, as we call it in the market, which is everyday low price, we're talking our Cat's Pride white jugs. And you can go out and you can find a very affordable um, jug. In fact, in Walmart today, I mean, we're literally selling over 80,000 units a week of the Cat's Pride uh, 12-pound um, unscented uh, jug, which is which is just amazing. So it's the white jug series, and um, you're going out there, and we've got different formulas, and it's uh, really great to see the, the traction that we're getting, and our share continues to grow. You know, I'm thinking, I'm listening to everything you're saying, and I think the bottom line here is this is exactly why we are so excited and so grateful to work with you because not only do you have this superior product because I know we talk about how great your cat litter is but it goes so beyond having a good cat litter and going above and beyond and being not only dedicated and committing to the technology of continuing to create a better product but all what you do for cats and other animals so we do appreciate your generosity and what you do here for WGN Radio Theater as well. Well, I'll tell you, it was very heartwarming. We have, uh, for the second year in a row, we've sponsored Clear the Shelters with Hills Science Diet. They're the food side, and as I say, we work the other end. And uh, we, Oil Dry teammates, we call uh, everyone who works at the company teammates, volunteered at over 60 shelters where they actually manned the shelters, uh, helped, and I did hear anti-cruelty. And in fact, at the anti-cruelty during Clear the Shelter Day, we adopted out over 150 animals that day, wow. just that one day. Wow. And the totals, we're here, Dave, you've got the totals. Yeah, and I mentioned this in the last show, but we had over 1,900 participating shelters, over 135,000 animals found for wow. our homes that we respect of week. Uh, we gained uh, 950 Litter for Good shelter nominations. Again, as Dan mentioned, 155 Cats Pride and Shelter Volunteers, which is really great. And again, the 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 whole Cats Pride Club you know, vaulted to 65,000 members, which is up over 148%, which is impressive. Now tell us about uh, this animal shelter um, thing that's coming up this week. Yep. Well, so thank you, because you guys know that while I love all animal shelters, uh, near and dear to my heart is the Anti-Cruelty Society right. here in Chicago, because right. I'm in Chicago and I've uh, been on the board for over 20 years. Uh, they have a very fun fundraiser, uh, a fundraiser, uh, this a week from Monday. It's called Pints for Pets, and uh, it's at Lagunitas uh, Brewery. And all you got to do is go to anticruelty.org, and you can buy your tickets. And what it involves is you 
you get beer, you get appetizers. Uh, we're hoping you get ciders. I'm gluten-free, by the way, but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. But then you form trivia teams, and the trivia is going to be all pet-related. Ah. I'm sure they're going to have games and contests and things like nice. that. Nice. So I will be there. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. What day is it again? It is a week from Monday. So okay. Monday, October 7th, uh, 5.30 to 8 p.m. at Lagunitas. But all you got to do is go to uh, anti-cruelty. Dot org and you can get all the details. And we're counting on you signing some autographs while you're there. <laughs> if I sign one, that'll be one more than I've ever signed before. Okay. Our all listeners right. are going to find you, Dan, I'm telling you. So Dan and Dave, uh, their their company has been our sponsor from day one. We've been on the air five years here on WGN. Almost. They're our main sponsor. We thank you so much. And yeah. Dan's a big classic radio lover. He loves these shows. And that's how we got together. And it's been a great, great marriage. And we appreciate that very much, Dan. And one of the other things he does, he's so generous with his companies, he gives one of our lucky listeners a year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter each and every month. So you do that. I mean, do the math. That's a lot of people that have gotten a year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter. We sure appreciate it. So send in your picture of your kitty cat. Enter for next month, because Dan and Dave will be back here again. The last Sunday of the month. Last so, Sunday of the month. Yep. So send a picture to catspridephoto at gmail.com. Catspridephoto at gmail.com with all of your information. Cat's name, your name, city, and state. All right. You ready to do this? Let's uh, let's pick a lucky winner. Drum roll, okay. please. Here comes Mike. He's going to show me the bag. Show me the money. We'll see out there in Cat's Pride Nation, WGN Nation, who won. And I've got a winner. And it's going to be Matt Story of Aurora, Illinois, and his cat, Rogers. All right, Rogers. I don't think it's Aaron Rogers, but that's Rogers. <laughs> a year's Congratulations, supply Matt. of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter coming your way. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, have fun at the at the Anti-Cruelty uh, Society uh, benefits. And let's hope that's a big success. Thank you for being our sponsor. Folks, do me a big favor. If you love this radio show and you love these classic radio shows and you have a cat, switch over to Cat's Pride. That would be a big favor to me and a big favor to this show. And let's tell everybody where they can find it. Yeah. So locally here, if we talk to Chicagoland area, Meyer, Woodsman's, Woodman's, excuse me, Jewel, um, Target. We even have a program with Target right now where we're in 200 stores I mentioned last I month. I was in a Target this week, and I actually saw yep, Cat's Mike Pride in, that, which in is awesome. Target. And again, online, we're in Amazon, Chewy.com, and Walmart.com. And then if you talk about the reach of WGN, which is phenomenal, all the way out in Portland to Winco to down in Florida to Publix, uh, great uh, great grocery stores. And I want to add one more because mm-hmm. I live downtown in Streeterville, Bockwinkles. We have a Bockwinkles. great Bockwinkles. Yeah. Way to go. Well, I see Cat's Pride everywhere, and uh, you guys do a great job, and I'm so glad it's growing and doing great. And thank you for your sponsorship. Thank you. And your friendship. All thank right, you, in guys. just a moment, we're going to tune in to Abbott and Costello. Stick around. All right, we're going to listen now to Abbott and Costello. But Abbott and Lou Costello had a radio show along with being big movie stars, and they also had a TV show as well. But the radio show is uh, where they really got their start after vaudeville. So let's go back to April 19, 1945. This is called Charm School. Here's Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. <laughs> The Abbott and Costello Program. 
to the great rhythms of Will Osborne and his orchestra, the swingy singing of Connie Haynes. And that gallant, chubby little gentleman who, when he walked into Hedy Lamar's dressing room by mistake, politely said, Costello, what? What are you so excited about? What's the matter with you? I don't know, Abbott. I'm all mixed up. In my room, I got a big picture of Lauren Bacall on the ceiling. Yes. And on my dresser, I got a picture of Rita Hayworth. On the walls, I got two pictures of Betty Grable. And under my pillow, I got a picture of Dorothy Lamour in a sarong. And I think I'm going nuts. Why? All night long, I keep dreaming of Gene Autry's horse. <laughs> Look, talk sense, Costello. <laughs> What were you doing in the courthouse this morning? Oh, I was there to see my uncle Artie Stebbins get his divorce. Was it an interesting divorce trial? Oh, sure. The judge said, Mr. Stebbins, I'm granting you a divorce, and I'm going to give your wife $35 a week. And what did Artie say to that? He said, that's mighty nice of you, Judge. I'll try to slip her a buck every now and then myself. <laughs> now, Lou, that was ridiculous. Uh, what were the grounds for the divorce? Misrepresentation. She said that before they were married, Uncle Artie told her he was well off. Well, was he? He was, but he didn't know it then. <laughs> well, she must have had better grounds than that. What else did she claim? Well, she wanted to get rid of him because he was always getting indifferent. Artie was getting indifferent? Yeah, he was getting in different girls' apartments every night. <laughs> oh, stop that nonsense, please. I'm glad I went to the trial, though, Abbott. I found out what causes 100% of the divorce cases. So you know what causes all the divorces? Yep. What? Marriage? Oh, <laughs> You know, you know nothing about marriage, Costello. Marriage is a great institution. Yeah, but who wants to live in an institution? <laughs> Costello, marriage well, is wonderful. Yeah, marriage is like a three-ring circus. A three-ring circus? Yep, engagement ring, marriage ring, and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> but, how can you Banana! talk? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Lost already? All right. How can you How can you talk like that, Costello? You've never been a husband. In fact, you don't even know what a husband is. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, all right. What is a husband? A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Oh. <laughs> Costello, you're a dope. But you don't have to worry about marriage. Very few women would marry you. Very few would be enough. Well, <laughs> What happened to that girl you used to go with? Uh, Ruby uh, Poolcue. I thought you two were engaged. We was, Abbott. You were. But I broke it off. I told her to keep the ring. You mean you were willing to lose an expensive diamond engagement ring? That's right. What's a buck and a half to a man with a broken heart? <laughs> Ruby went ahead and she married Stinky Rappaport. Stinky Rappaport? Stinky Rappaport. I gave them a beautiful set of silver. Table silver? No, pocket silver. Four dimes and a quarter. <laughs> talk sense, Costello. Why don't you try to meet some nice girl and go steady? Oh, Abbott, I met one last night in the movies, and I took her out. She was an usher. Oh, you mean she's an usherette? What? Usherette. Yes, she yet, and she drank. <laughs> she ate like a horse. She had a nose bag with her. All right, never mind. <laughs> you know, we had a wonderful time, Abbott. You did? Then I took her home, and we sat in a parlor. Just the two of us. Oh, it must have been romantic. Romantic. We sat on a sofa, and I read her a love story. Then suddenly she reached over and switched off the light. What did you do? I turned it on again. Who can read in the dark? Oh. <laughs> what a guy. You're in the parlor with a beautiful girl and you read a book. Why don't you take her to a dance? Oh, I'm all through with dances. What do you mean? I took Cleopatra to a dance last night. Cleopatra. Last week. Cleopatra. Yep. You idiot. Cleopatra has been dead for 2,000 years. No wonder she couldn't rumba. Uh, <laughs> Costello, 
spelled backwards is something else. All right. <laughs> Look, Costello, why don't you try to make a hit with that little girl my wife introduced to you? Oh, you know, uh, Sweetheart? Odisa, yeah, Sweetwater. Odisa Sweetwater. Sweetwater? Yeah. I had to give her up, Abbott. Why? Her father didn't like me. Her father wanted you to marry her. I said he didn't like me. Her, <laughs> her father said he'd pay half your expenses if you got married. Yeah, but who's going to pay the other half? Costello, you're always thinking about money. When I, when I got married, I was just a strung, struggling young actor. <laughs> struggling, I will Sometimes get out. Sometimes I get lost. Yes. You don't know where you are. Well... I was still struggling. Thank you. I'm... And how you were struggling. I struggled. <laughs> I know you struggled, but you didn't get away. Ah, no, Costello. You're an imbecile. You lose all your girls. Look, what happened to your engagement to Tessie Tinfoil? It's broken. Did you break it? Nope. Did she break it? Nope. Then how did it get broken? Well, Tessie told me what her clothes cost, and I told her what my salary was. And when the engagement just, just sort of sagged <laughs> in the middle and busted by itself... <laughs> Costello. Both of us better get glasses. <laughs> Costello, how did you happen to meet uh, Tessie Tinfoil in the first place? Well, I went down to the bank and drew out my money. Yes. There she was. Five minutes later, we were engaged. You asked the girl to marry you, and you only knew her five minutes. That's right. Abbott, you'd be amazed what you can do when you meet somebody if you don't waste time shaking hands. <laughs> Costello. <laughs> Costello, what became of Tessie Tinfoil? Oh, Tessie's an MP in the Navy. An MP in the Navy? What does she do? She keeps the wolves away from the waves. Costello, what? why aren't you more like your brother Pat? Now, there's a happily married man. Why, I heard Pat's wife say she couldn't wait to hear the patter of little feet around the house. Well, Abbott, for your information, it won't be long now. You mean? Yep. Pat's taken up tap dancing. Oh, Costello, you're hopeless. What's you're... wrong with that? Now, wait a minute. You don't even know how to look at a girl. I don't... Hello? Yes. There is. That's awful. That guy ought to be ashamed of himself. Oh, that's terrible. Goodbye. Who is that? The police department. They're after a peeping Tom who's been looking into the chorus girls' dressing rooms over Errol Carroll's stater from the roof of this building. Boy, I'd hate to be in that guy's shoes when them cops get through with them. Yep. I gotta go now, Abbott. See you later. Wait a minute. Where are you going? I'm gonna sell my binoculars. Get him out of here. <laughs> All right, that's the first portion of the Abbott and Costello show from April 19, 1945. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello will get back to it in just a few minutes. After the news, we'll tune into the conclusion to the Abbott and Costello show here on the WGN Radio Theater. Then in our next hour, it's Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy in a good sort of detective drama. You know, Night Beat was set in Chicago, Lisa, although it was broadcast out of Los Angeles, but it was all about a Chicago, Chicago newspaper. Star. Yeah, the Chicago Fictitious. Star. So that's coming your way, so stay here. We'll be here till 1 o'clock in the morning. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thanks, Vic. Welcome back. 11.34 here on WGN Radio Theater. We're listening to Abbott and Costello. They now, they began a 30-year partnership, Lisa, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, in 1929. Abbott was the straight man, Costello the kind of bumbling, wisecracking man-child. And uh, they did start in vaudeville and burlesque. They appeared on the Kate Smith radio show. And that was it. When that, Once they were on radio and they were kind of like supporting players on Kate Smith's show, 
they got so popular that NBC offered them their own show. And then their Who's on First routine mm-hmm. sort of catapulted them to stardom. Uh, they, Don't you uh, think that's probably the most famous radio show? The fo- one most of- famous routine. Routine. Sketch. Yep. Absolutely. Abbott yep. Costello, Who's on First, without a doubt. Um, they Their own radio show started in 1940. And then they began doing Universal Pictures. They literally saved Universal from going bankrupt because Universal, were, they were doing the movies for Universal, and then they did Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, mm-hmm, right. right? And they yeah. didn't even want to do this film. They were, when they were offered this film, both Abbott and Costello were like, what? We meet, we meet you know, Dracula and right. Frankenstein? What are you talking about? But that film was a huge success, and it saved uh, Universal Pictures from going bankrupt. And then they did The Mummy and right. The Miserable Man and all the other ones. The radio show lasted until 1949, and then their TV show began in 1952, lasted to 57. They were really popular, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Let's go back now, listen to the conclusion of this episode from April 19, 1945. Costello, I've arranged a wonderful date for you. My wife fixed it up for you to take our girlfriend out, Emma Fiddlebuster. Emma Fiddlebuster? Mm-hmm. Not me, Abbott. I took that dame to a restaurant once, and on the way out, the manager searched me. Well, Costello, you have an honest face. Why did the manager search you? Well, he took one look at Emma Fiddlebuster, and he said, if you'll walk out of here with her, you're liable to walk out of here with anything. <laughs> oh, how can you say that, Costello? Emma is a blonde, and you'd go out with any blonde. I would not. Name one. Nelson Eddie. Oh. <laughs> Quiet, Costello. Hey, here comes Emma now. Oh, uh, good evening, uh, Miss uh, Fiddlebuster. Hello, Bud. <laughs> I believe you know my partner, Lou Costello. Why, yes. Yeah. It seems to be I met you someplace before, Mr. Costello. Oh, I don't think so. I never go to the zoo. <laughs> Get the kisser on this kid. Remember, you annoyed me one whole evening. I never even looked at you. Well, isn't that annoying? <laughs> and if I remember correctly, you winked at me with your good eye. <laughs> that one in the middle. Did, did I try to kiss you? No. Well, then it wasn't me. <laughs> Tell me, Costello, don't I do something to you? Yes. When I look at you, I turn gray as a sheet. Costello, I think you mean white as a sheet. Abbott, you ain't seen our laundry lately. me. I've been told that I'm beautiful. Why, Lana Turner and I are sisters under the skin. Well, crawl back under the skin and send out Lana, kid. <laughs> oh, let me out of here. Goodbye. Well, Costello, what do you think of Miss uh, Fiddlebuster? Well, what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. Abbott, if you want to get me a date, why don't you ask Connie Haynes to go out with me? She's wonderful. I love her voice. Connie has a grand voice. Do you like her range? Like her range? I like her whole kitchen. <laughs> Well, look, I'll get you a date with Connie Haynes on one condition. You must promise not to kiss her, because if you kiss her, her mother will worry. Okay, Abbott, I won't kiss her. I'll let her kiss me. Let my mother worry. I mean, no wonder girls won't go out with you. Is that so? I know how to treat a girl, Abbott. First, I buy her flowers and candy. And then? Then I take her to a show, and then I take her to a cabaret. I spend seven or eight bucks. Then we walk along until we meet a sailor. And then what? Oh, I can always find my own way home. <laughs> well, Castell, I'm going to arrange for you to take Connie Haynes to a nightclub. But first, I must be sure you will conduct yourself like a gentleman. Uh, come with me. Where are we going? I'm going to put you through a complete course of social etiquette at the charm school. Come on, let's go. 
Well, here we are at the charm school. What took us so long? <laughs> Give us music, will you? <laughs> bump, bump! That's it. All right. And I'm out of breath. Come on, we're here just the same. Ah, welcome, welcome to my school, gentlemen. I'm Professor Melonhead. <clears throat> <laughs> gentlemen, I teach charm. Abbott, get me out of here. This guy couldn't charm a snake. Quiet, Costello. <laughs> Young man, I'll have you know that I do teach charm. Why, with that head, you should be teaching billiards. You... <laughs> Hand me a cue, Abbott, and I'll run snooker with his dome. No, no, no. Take it easy, Costello. Professor Melonhead is an expert at etiquette. I know he etiquette. He... You know what? I know he etiquette. You can see he etiquette. He's still got the tail on his upper lip. <laughs> now, you quiet, you obese buffoon. Hey, hey, hey. Continue. <laughs> My high forehead denotes intelligence, brains. My boy, that's where I shine. Well, why don't you take some of the shine off your head and put it on your shoes? <laughs> From behind your skull looks like an empty parking lot. <laughs> Costello, will you behave yourself? Now, tut, tut. Let me handle him, Mr. Rabbit. I'll transform this boy into a perfect gentleman. Now, our first lesson here in charm is how to behave at home. Costello, what would you do when the butler enters the room? We ain't got no butler in my house. No butler? My dear boy, if you have no butler, how do you know when dinner is ready? When my mother takes the iron bars off the dining room door. (laughs) And then you eat. Not until she opens up the vault door that gets you into the kitchen. (laughs) And then you eat. Then we eat because I'm pulled up. Go ahead, continue. All right, never mind that. Now, we'll say that you're already in the dining room. Now... What do you do with the crumbs at the table? Crumbs? Certainly. Don't you have crumbs at your table? Oh, yeah. Abbott comes once a week. And <laughs> hey, you're welcome any time. You can come. Oh, never mind. We'll, we'll skip the crumbs, Costello. Now, now, let's say that you have on your plate a slice of roast beef with gravy, some pickled beets, and a lovely portion of beans. Now, which fork do you use? I don't use no fork. No fork? No. I just slip my lower lip under the plate and bank the beans off the pickled beets. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Now... We'll suppose, Costello, we'll suppose that you're in a very swanky continental bistro. Now, you walk Would in... Would you read that again, please? Oh, <laughs> you're in a swanky continental bistro. Excuse me, continue. <laughs> All right. You, you... <laughs> Come on, you saunter up to the bar with savoir-faire and distingue. Now, how did I ever get mixed up with those characters? No. <laughs> That's the way you walk. Now, you order a liqueur. The waiter walks up and slips you a pussy cafe. <laughs> He wouldn't dare (laughs) He hasn't got the nerve (laughs) All right, now Suddenly, at the next table behind you You see a beautiful girl Uh, My assistant here will help us out By playing the part of the beautiful girl (laughs) This is Mademoiselle Zing 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 Zing? Zing 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 that's the only line the guy's got. <laughs> I've got to have a bouncer. Now, be quiet. Now, now, Costello, after the girl walks up in a very soigné manner, you approach Mademoiselle Zing Zing, and in perfect French, you say, Pardonne-moi, Mademoiselle. Voulez-vous promenade du boulevard, rue Mamad, Bois de Boulogne, et Champs-Élysées? I say that? Of course. And what does she say? She answers you in a lovely, melodious voice. Je vous ai, je vous aime, je vous adore. I'd like to meet you by the gas pipe. <laughs> Allez, boom, poop, poop, 
petite marmite. Gee, that sounds swell. Petit mieux, poupou, petit pommier. What does that mean? Hit the road, chump. The big guy is my husband. <laughs> now, just a minute, Melonhead. You've gone too far. What's the matter, Costello? Well, I mean, after all, Abbott, I didn't mind it when this melon guy forced me to walk into a stanky confidential biscuit. I didn't say nothing when he pushed me onto that Savoy ferry in a distinct way. I never said a word when he had the way to shove a pushy cat's face in my hand. But when he makes me poo-poo petite marquee between that lovely girl and her husband, he has not only impued on my good name, but he has cast aspirations on the San Francisco Conference. <laughs> Lovely Connie Haynes introduces a brand new song. It's Freddie Martin's latest composition, and this will be the first public performance of it anywhere. We hope you will like Hubba Hubba Hoy. Every time the lights are low And you start to kiss me, oh Whoa, boy A Hubba 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 Hoy Every time our fingers touch I begin to shake so much Whoa, boy A hubba, 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 hubba When you get that starry gaze My eyes begin to leave I go in a kind of daze And my heart starts to pound like a G I can't make the whole thing out even in my sleep I shout Whoa, boy A hubba, 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 hubba Every time our fingers touch I begin to shake so much Oh, boy A hubba, 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 hubba when you get that starry gaze, my eyes begin to leave. I go in a kind of daze, and my heart starts to pound like a G. I can't make the whole thing out, even in my sleep I shout. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A hover, hover, hover. Hover, hover, hover. Hey, Abbott, well, what are we doing up here at this joint? Costello, I've made a date with Connie Haynes to meet us here. And this is not a joint. It's, uh, it's the Ritz, a very high-class nightclub. Hey, Abbott, this place is a fake. They got a sign over there over the bar that says, Lady served here. Well? Well, I went over to the bar and ordered a lady, and they threw me out. Oh. Because <laughs> I've met a lot of morons in my time, but your head and shoulders above all of them. Abbott, you must have met a bunch of short morons. No, never mind that. Did you bring uh, plenty of money with you? Oh, yes, I did. I'm loaded, Abbott. Right here in my pocket, I got four bucks, all in singles. If I fold one over, it'll look like five. Now, you, you mean... You mean to say that you left the house with four dollars? Yeah. Aren't you afraid to carry that kind of money around with you? Well, at first you get kind of a funny feeling. You imagine everybody's looking at you. But you get used to it. The big trick is not to try to look nervous. Four dollars. Come on. Come on, sport. Let's go in and don't forget to tip the doorman. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Allow me to open the door for you. Oh, thank you, Mac. Here's a dime tip for you. 
Costello, how can you stand there and face that doorman after giving him a dime? I'm waiting for my change. Oh! <laughs> Come on! All right, Costello, there's the head waiter. Now, if you want a good table, close to the dance floor, you'll have to give him a big tip. Good evening, gentlemen. Would you like a table? Oh, yes, my good man. We're heavy spenders. Here's a nice tip for you. But this is a quarter. Didn't you make a mistake, sir? I guess I did. I thought it was a nickel. Give me that back. Here you are. Five pennies. This is an insult. Why, the champion tightwad of Hollywood gave me 50 cents. Well, meet the new champion. <laughs> Mr. Headwaiter, could you give us a nice ringside table? Oh, sure. Follow me. Hey, Abbott, I'm getting tired. <laughs> Can't we sit down here and rest for a few minutes? Not at that table. It's reserved. <laughs> hey, Abbott, look at that sign over there. Los Angeles City Limits. Here you are, gentlemen. Here's your table. On a clear day, you can see Catalina. <laughs> All right, Costello, you sit here. Facing the dance floor. Okay, but I'm liable to catch cold with my back toward the ocean. Well? What was that? A Greyhound bus. I wondered why they had a white line running down the middle of the table. <laughs> Would you two mugs like to order some food? The roast beef is delicious. How much is it? It's $4.08 portion, but it's lovely roast beef. It will make your mouth water. That's what we want. Roast beef? No, water. <laughs> Hey, fellas, do you mind if I sit at your table? Just a minute, partner. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Chicago? Toledo. Well, why don't you take the train and go home? Well, I would, but my wife won't let me keep it in the house. Aha! There you are, you cheapskate. Oh, yeah, you can't talk to me like that. Oh, no. I'll take care of you. Oh, oh no! Oh, 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 oh. Hey, waiter. What's the idea of throwing that poor guy out like that? What's the idea? Yeah. Why, his bill was $76, and all the cheapskate had was $75.40. Imagine... Imagine the knife of him trying to get away with a thing like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's certainly got a lot of nerve trying to get away with that. Hey, yeah, but how much is our bill? Ah, uh, I don't know. We, we haven't got it yet. Oh, I beg your pardon. Are you like Lou Costello? That's me. Here's a telegram for you. Thanks. Hey, messenger girl, you forgot your motorcycle. Oh, so I did. She writes fast, bouncy. Here's a telegram. Look what it says. It's from Connie Haynes. What does she say? She says, Dear Mr. Costello, just arrived here at the club, and I'm on my way to your table. Expect to be there within the next hour or two. Hey, Abbott, we got to stop Connie. We can't let her come in a place like this. It would cost her a fortune. Well, here you are, gentlemen. I thought maybe you'd like to pay your check. How much is the check, Abbott? Eighty-three dollars. Eighty-three dollars? Mm-hmm. And I only got four bucks? And the other guy was only sixty cents short? Look what they did to him. Abbott, we gotta do something quick. Costello, this is your party, and you'll have to get out of it the best way you can. I got an idea. You offer to pay the check, and I'll give you an argument. Okay, I get you. Come on. 
Uh, Costello, I'll pay the check. No, no, Abbott. I couldn't think of letting you pay the check. But I insist on paying the check. You were not going to pay this check, Abbott. I'm going to pay it myself. I wish you'd let me pay it. Well, somebody better pay it. Mr. Waiter, does it make any difference to you who pays the check? It don't make any difference to me. I don't care who pays the check. Okay, here, Waiter, pay it yourself. Come on, Abbott. All right, come get on. out of here. We didn't, we didn't make, make it. it. <laughs> Listen Monday to Bob Hawke in Thanks to the Yanks, and next Thursday to Abbott and Costello with their guests, the famous Andrew Sisters. And I'll hear Bud and Lou with the final word. Well, Costello, the Andrew Sisters are going to be our guests next week. Have you made any plans to entertain them? Oh, sure, Abbott. I thought I'd take them over to my house and cook up a batch of snoo. What's new? Nothing much. What's new with you? Oh, get him out of here. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, The Abbott and Costello Show will be back at this very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That is the Abbott and Costello radio show from April 19, 1945. In that cast, Bud Abbott, Lou Costello, Connie Haynes, and uh, Will Osborne and his orchestra. And you heard Mel Blank doing that kind of funny voice that he always did. Mel Blank, the man of a thousand voices. He was the voice of Porky Pig and Bugs Bunny and so many other Looney Tunes cartoons. Ken Niles doing the announcing. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right, you're listening to the WGN Radio Theater. Lisa Wolf, my co-host, and I are here every Saturday and Sunday beginning at 11 p.m. We play all your favorite classic radio shows. We listened to Abbott and Costello just a little while ago. We have Burns and Allen and Jack Benny as far as comedies. Uh, you know, tons, Life of Riley, Ozzie and Harriet, My Friend Irma. And we have Nightbeat coming up oh, next yeah. hour with Frank Lovejoy. That's right. Yeah, we have scary shows. In fact, every year for Halloween, yeah. the entire month of October, we play scary radio shows. And we play some comedies, too, like uh, revolved around Halloween. Like we have a great Gildersleeve coming up next week that has to do with Halloween. And But we play, like, Inner Sanctum and Suspense. Halloween's my second favorite time of the year, Lisa. I know, you mentioned that last night. (laughs) I love playing the scary radio. I love the scary radio shows. Yeah, we're going to get you in the mood for Halloween in October. Oh, yeah. Well, next week. But like you said, it's not really all scary. It's just a lot of of fun. Yeah, like I'm looking at the schedule here. Next week on Saturday, we have Suspense, which is probably the greatest mystery and scary radio show of all time. Then it's Escape, which is also scary, and then Murder by Experts. So that's scary, too. So three scary shows on Saturday. Then on Sunday, 
You have the schedule? Yeah, we've got the great Gildersleeve, so we've got a comedy, and then we have Obsession. I don't we've never. I was going to say, no. I don't think we've ever played Obsession nope. on WGN, so that will be an exciting We're always uh, new show to bring you new to you. shows. Always bringing you new scary radio shows and dramas and mysteries and detective shows. That's what shows. we do here. And we're also going to be playing our game, a Guess That Song, and be, we're going to be oh. giving away Lou Malnati's gift certificate. So oh, stay you're going to get a that. great pizza in the next hour. Yeah, and then Nightbeat, as Lisa said, and that show was set in Chicago. Yeah. Frank Lovejoy starred as a newspaper reporter, um, uh, Randy Stone. Yeah, Randy Stone, and he would kind of walk around Chicago, windy streets of Chicago, and trying to find human interest stories for his column. Now, a very good show, Nightbeat. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is six minutes after midnight. This is the WGN Radio Theater where you hear all your favorite classic radio shows in this hour, Nightbeat. Starring Frank Lovejoy going back to 1950. But first, Lisa, we're going to play our game. Guess that song. Sponsored That's our by new game. Sp- Cat's Pride. <laughs> I was trying to say All it. All right, you, all right take it again. You ready? All take right. two. All right. You started. Okay, we're gonna, so said, what are we going to do? We're going to play our new game, Guess That Song, sponsored by Cat's Pride. Oh. We are going to use that. Who's night- our sponsor? Cat's Pride. We All spoke right. to them earlier this evening. Great. We are working on 1972 songs tonight. Oh, yeah. Or this morning, Jeez. I should say. So go back to your childhood. And uh, you're, you're going to like these songs, Carl. I was probably annoying at nine, too, you know? Well, you still are, so nothing <laughs> changes. Come on. <laughs> Uh, we love you, though, Carl. We okay, love you. Okay, thanks, Lisa. So, um, love you, too. We're, we're going to have a caller call in, and we're going to give away a Lou Malnati's gift Ooh. certificate for $25. Lou Malnati's is our favorite pizza here at WGN Radio Theater. I could go for a pizza, right now. A pizza spinach pizza? Spe- a spinach a spe- pizza. 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 Um, a pizza sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll share with us whoever wins. So we're going to say call right now, 312-981-7200. Caller number six. We'll be right back. Why? Because I have a face yes, for radio? that song. We've got Ben on the phone. Hey, Ben. Hey, hello. Hello. How are you? Real good. How are you guys? Terrific. You are caller six, and you are going to play Guess That Song. You ready for some 1972 fun? I'm ready for some 72 fun. I don't know if I'll get it, but we'll find out. (laughs) We're going to work it out together. I've got a good feeling about this. All right, we're going to play the first song right now. Oh, yeah. Good one, right? I know who it is. All right. Ben, I don't know which, who it is. Yeah, who is it? Uh, 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 J- um, Michael Jackson. Yes, okay. Michael Jackson. Uh, you know the song? Well, but it was the Jackson the 5. Uh, this is Michael Jackson. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's the Jackson 5. <laughs> he wasn't Michael Jackson by himself yet. Right, no. but that was his voice right Yeah, there. I know, but it was the Jackson <laughs> What's 5. What's the name of the song, do you know? Um, can yeah. You, can you sing it? I think Ben knows it. Can you sing it? Oh, I don't sing. I mean, <laughs> I don't sing. All right, we're going to help. Well, Wait, I, I think, do you know? Uh, can I take a guess? Yeah, go does? for it, Carl. It's like I, it's like rocking the treetop all night long. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Hey, there you go. Uh, keep going. Um, um, rocking the treetop all night long. All right, play it. You guys sing much better Let's hear it. All day long. Rockin' Robin. 
Rock and Robin. <laughs> That's right, Rock and Robin. Yeah. Well, Ben got it because he said. Oh Jackson no, Pyle. of course he did. Now the R and B pop singer Bobby Day originally recorded this song in 1958. Wow, yeah. So I didn't hear they about it. They just updated until, it. Uh, that's you know? right. They were the Jackson Five, so anything they did was a hit. That's right. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do this again. You're on a roll here, Ben. Let's do it. Because you don't know what it is, like right? It. Do you know uh, what it is? Uh, I, I'm going to say this again. Yeah, I do I not need affirmation from you. I like the song. Ben, do you know what it's it is? It's a great song. No, it's not. I'm, no, <laughs> it's a I good one. Let me hear it again. I can't oh, no, do we can't. that. No, can't. <laughs> can't it goes it. against oh, well, our... We have very stringent no, rules here. I, I, yeah, this I, is I, like jail no here. Idea. We have very strict rules. And I'm the... Uh, <laughs> She's the warden. The warden. I've got the key <laughs> ring right handcuffs, here. Handcuffs, everything over here. <laughs> no handcuffs, <laughs> That's going down the wrong I path. I don't know it either, Ben. I have no idea what that song is. I don't, right. like, I don't like it. <laughs> if he doesn't know he doesn't like it, let's play it. This was not. This what was are you a, talking I don't about? Like not. This. this is Three Dog Night, Black and White. Okay. What's the matter with you? Did ben, you know? Do you, ben, you know this song? Ben, ben, you're not crazy about this song, are you? It's a good not one, really, Ben. But I should have known it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, I've been to a Three Dog Night concert a long, long time ago. You would think I'd remember. There yeah. You, go. you probably heard him do yeah. this song. So this song I is about. Did. This song is about racism and was inspired by the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that segregation in public schools is illegal. And wow. this song was okay. I had no idea. I know you didn't. No idea. I know, you just got to keep your mind open. Uh, New so, things. I like like I don't know. Well, every song can't be Michael Jackson. I'm just <laughs> mentioning that or Jim Croce. Can it be you know the Stones or the Beatles? Some of them could be. We're okay. heading into 1973 next week. I'll see what I can Ben's do. Ben's getting you. a pizza. Ben, you are the big winner Great. here, and you did a fantastic job. Lou Malnati's gift certificate is coming your way. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, my favorite. You can find one of their 40 plus Chicago land locations or order online at loumalnati's.com. Thank you so much for playing and being such a good sport. Ben, what do you like on your pizza? Hey. When you order that pizza, uh, what's it going to have on it? The spinach. Oh, we're coming See? over then. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, we're coming hey, over. Come having some. All, All right, right, coming over we'll some. Get a couple of, but hey, thanks a lot, guys. You we got it, Ben. My yep. wife and I enjoy your show. Oh, oh, thanks so thank much. Thank you. It's great to hear from you. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Enjoy the pizza. All right, Lisa, 312-981-7200 is our text in line. Feel free to text us. We love hearing from our listeners. And uh, hopefully you're going to love Nightbeat. Now, this was a newspaper drama. Came to NBC Radio in February of 1950. Frank Lovejoy, who was a uh, was a movie star. I mean, he did a lot of radio, but he did a lot of movies as well. In fact, he played Matt Savetic. On, uh, you know, on a, in a movie of I Was a Communist for the FBI, but he loved doing radio. And uh, he was the star of Nightbeat. He played Randy Stone, reporter for the Chicago Star. Series was set in Chicago, although broadcast out of L.A. And he covered the Nightbeat, roaming the windy city of Chicago in search of human interest stories for his column and uh, used L.A.'s best supporting actors, including his wife, Joan Banks. They were a 
acting duo, you know, Frank Lovejoy and Joan Banks. They were married, and they did a lot of shows together. Parley Bear, who was the Keebler elf mm-hmm. on TV, and he was also the mayor on Andy Griffith's show, Parley Bear. Then you had William Conrad. Of course, we know who he is, Cannon, and then Paul Fries. This sh- uh, show was last heard in 1952. You know, when I was coming up with a name, Lisa, for our syndicated radio show, you know our syndicated yes, show? Yes, I do. I know that Are you show. familiar I'm, with it? I've heard of it before. Well, I've been there for a while. this was the name I was going to call it. What? Nightbeat. You know, I remember sitting there talking to you about that, uh, what to name that show. Yeah, we were coming up with names. I was thinking of calling it the Nightbeat because most of the stations that carry our syndicated show yep. carry it at night. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought... Of, I'm glad you didn't go with didn't that. We didn't go with it. Didn't go, doesn't quite capture yeah. the, the flavor of the show. Yeah, what flavor is it? I it's like chocolate. 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 <laughs> Always. All right. So let's go back to a broadcast date of April 17th, 1950. This is called The Tong War, and it stars Frank Lovejoy. Point, uh, part one now of Night Beat. Night. This is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Stories start in many different ways. This one began with locked doors and shuttered windows and ended in a coffin. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. want a nice, clean job? Here's one that'll take you on a shoe leather tour of Chicago to find a yarn that has to be written before an editor's blood pressure blows a hole in his hat. And that job is mine. Find one man or woman or child with a story to make good reading. One out of three million. Tonight, the score stood Chicago, three million. Randy Stone, zero. And then I went north on Michigan Avenue and turned west on Cermak Road. It was about 11 when I came to Wentworth Avenue and Chinatown. And all of a sudden I was hungry for some of Chinook's fried wonton and almond dog. Don't ask me why. So I turned up Wentworth toward Chinook's little restaurant. Then I noticed something. Every door was closed, every window was shuttered. And not a soul walked the pavements. I got to Chinooks and it was closed. I knocked on the door. I heard the sound of a car pulling up at the curb. I turned. It was a prowl car. One of the cops got out, walked over to me. His partner stayed in the car, and I got a funny feeling that there was a gun pointed at me. Hey, you. Come away from that door. Sure. That's good enough. Now, face the building. Hmm? Hey, what is this? Face that way. Get your hands away from your sides. Sure. What's the frisk for? Your suit was bulgy. Well, it's a bad fit. You can't get much for thirty-nine fifty these days. Yeah, you're clean. Well, I never carry a gun, officer. What's your name? Look, officer, what is all this? I asked you a question. Can I get my wallet? Yeah. Be careful. Oh, I certainly will. 
Here, all you need is in there. Yeah. Randy Stone, huh? Yeah, Chicago star. What are you doing in Chinatown? Well, I... I got hungry. Huh? I wanted something to eat, preferably oriental, so I came here. Okay, Stone, but take this advice. Settle for a sandwich, preferably occidental. What's going on around here? This place is as dead as a morgue. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, look, Stone, don't stay here. Get out fast as you can and don't come back. What's the reason for that? We don't know. It's like waiting for a bomb to go off. There's not a soul in sight. Every store, every restaurant, every shop is as tight as a drum. I'd give a hundred bucks to see one Chinese on the street. Just one. Why'd you frisk me? You get the word that a lot of hoods are moving in. To Chinatown? Yeah. Why? I told you, we don't know a thing. Now, take my advice, Stone, and move out fast. Because once things break loose here, they really break. The prowl car moved off slowly and carefully. I stood there for a minute and I looked around. I got that funny feeling that a million eyes were watching me. Sure, I wanted to leave, but that old curiosity referred to in circles as a sense kept me from going. I headed toward the rear of Chinook's place through an alley. It was pitch dark in there, and I felt my way along until... I bumped into someone, someone who'd disappeared. I felt the hair on the back of my neck hunting for a spot under my hat. And then I was in front of Chinook's back door, and I wanted inside fast. Chinook. Chinook, open up. Chinook. Who is it? Randy Stone. That you, Eileen? Please go away, Mr. Stone. Let me in, Eileen. I want to see your father. Please go away. Please. Listen, Eileen, I want to see... My father is not here. Well, where is he? Where can I find him? I, I do not know. Then let me wait for him. I must not. But... Please go away. Let him in, Eileen. Oh, yes, father. Thank you. Lock the door, Eileen. I am honored, Mr. Stone. Please to come in. Thank you, Chinook. I am sorry... I gave orders to my daughter to admit no one. She was obeying me. Well, obedience is a virtue, Chinook. Huh? In a world of little virtue, yes. I, uh... I went to the front door first. The, uh, place is locked. You are an observing man, Mr. Stone. <laughs> sure, all I had to do was try the door. I figured the rest out all by myself. Just so. Look, we've known each other a long time, Chinook. Five years, perhaps. That's right. I value your friendship. Well, thank you. What's going on, Yuk? The world goes on. There isn't a soul on the street outside, and everything is locked up. Eiling was scared to death to open the door, and I met a policeman Perhaps outside. Perhaps the officer can enlighten you. No, he didn't know anything. The knowing when to hold one's tongue is another admirable virtue. In other words, you're as scared as Eiling. Man is always afraid. And now leave Chinatown, Randy Stone. And above all... Ask no more questions of anyone. Well, I'm not afraid, Chinook. I'm not afraid because I know that no Chinese turns to violence. That is true. No Chinese would harm you. But what about your own countrymen, Randy Stone? Well, what about them? I have said enough. Now go, if you wish to live. Go. Underneath the old world courtesy, there was terror. Chinyuk wanted to talk, but something stopped him. Chinatown is like that. 
The Chinese settler-owned dispute, seldom if ever do they allow their quarrels to spill over into the world outside their settlement. But this was more than a dispute. It held all of Chinatown. I walked out and away knowing I'd learned nothing. And then a block away from Chinyuk's restaurant, I heard... Someone was following me. I slipped into a doorway and waited. Eileen. Oh, oh, Mr. Stone, I... What are you doing out here? I want to talk. All right. Get in this doorway. Now, what's the matter? I can only take a minute. My father does not know I came out. Well, how did you manage it? Through the restaurant. I see. All right, Eileen, what do you want to talk about? Help us, Mr. Stone. Well, if I knew what was going on, I'd have an answer for that. I will tell you. If this thing happens, many men will die. Not only here, but in New York, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A Tong War? In two hours, the Tong banners will be brought out. And men who want to live will die. What's the fight about? Oh, a quarrel between... Two men of rival tongs. Well, that's happened before. Things have been cleared up without a war. But this time there is something else. What? White men. Evil men. They have... That is enough, Eileen. Oh, father. Hello, you. Eileen, go home. No, father. I... As you will, my father. You will forget what she has said, Mr. Stone. Oh, sure, sure. Forget it, but... How about you, Junior? I... What do you mean? Well, you've seen Tong Wars. They're nice, pleasant little affairs. Hatchet men, the eldest sons of families killed. Why? You are a white man. We are Chinese. Yes, I know, yes. East is east and west is west. And never the twain shall meet. Which is a polite way of telling me to mind my own business. Get out of Chinatown. After one more question. No more. Well, here it is anyway. Do you want a Tong War? Well? Once... Once I had a son to carry on my name. That son is no more, Randy Stone. The hatchet men of the old tongue so do that. Well, then why don't you... Oh, get out, Randy Stone. Get out or I shall once again look down upon one whom I love. You, Randy Stone. Chinook turned and left. I watched the shadows swallow him. I heard the door to his restaurant close. It was a sound as final as the last name in the phone directory. The silence in the street was eerie. A waiting, watching silence. I walked to the end of the street and I looked back. A light rain began to fall. And from somewhere in the back of my head, I recalled a poem. This is the time between life and death. The cold, bleak moment of emptiness after life and before eternity. And then I remembered something else. What the officer had said. What Ai Ling had told me about white men, evil men. Where did they fit in? Why was Chinyuk afraid to talk? Afraid or wouldn't? For the next 15 minutes, I made phone calls, and I got some answers that made more than a little sense. The answers sent me back toward Chinyuk's restaurant. I didn't get there. Hey, you. Huh? You talking to me? Uh-huh. Hold it right there. Randy Stone? Uh, why? No reason, just want to know. Oh. Okay, I'm Stone. Now, who are you? That don't make any difference. Well, it's nice meeting you so long. Let's get better acquainted, huh? 
Well, sure. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> Nothing to tell. Now, if we're going to talk about you, that's different. It's not polite to walk away. Okay, Buster, let's stop the chit-chat. I'm Randy Stone. You know who I am. Now let's hear from you. Don't get excited, Stone. Everything's all right. I never get excited. It builds up my blood pressure. Nice to hear you got blood. Want to keep it? Oh, well, now we're getting somewhere. Not here, but we will. Meaning? Let's take a ride. By invitation? So far, invitation. I'll even hold the door open for you while you climb in. Oh, that's nice. If it starts to rain harder, you can put down a cloak for me. <laughs> okay, Elizabeth. Let's go. Well, where to, Sir Walter? That's enough, Stone. You just get in the car and we'll take a ride. Come on. And what if I don't? I'll withdraw the invitation and make it an order. When I can back up. I see what you mean. Okay, where to? You'll see when you get there. I have to be back by midnight. My head changes into a pumpkin. I like you. You're going to get along fine with the boss. Oh. Yeah. Here you are. Well, thank you. Welcome. Uh, before we get going... Yeah? It all depends on you whether you get back by midnight or get back at all. Boy, that is some intriguing music there. Yeah, well, we stirring. play... We play stirring, stirring and intriguing. Those are some good adjectives there, Carl. <laughs> I <laughs> know deep down. something's an adjective if you could put the word very in front of it and it sounds okay, right? Or you could just know what an adjective means. No, I need in the, to. In, I need in the help. English language. I need help. I I'm not an do. English teacher. Like you're an English uh, major. I, one of your one of your I, many master's I'm degrees. I'm going to go back to you. Need help and leave it right there. I, I, I was taught as a child which was not that long ago, that if you put the word very in front of a word and it sounds okay, it means the second mm. word is a is an adjective. Well, interestingly, though, if you put the word very That's in your front favorite of it, word, it's no longer an adjective. Very beautiful. Right. Beautiful is an adjective. In that sentence, no, you have to say a very beautiful chair. Right. Then beautiful is the adjective. Right. But just on very beautiful, it is not. Well, you know what I'm saying. If no, you say I it don't. in a sentence, <laughs> you put the word very in front of it, and it sounds okay, that word after very is an adjective. I'll keep that in I'm mind. I'm pretty sure. I was taught that. Mm -hmm. so, so it must be it was true. One of the, you read that on the internet, it, listen, so it must be It was be one true. of the four things that stuck with me through, All right. through school. Good. Glad it worked out for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we come back from, uh, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. You know what they say, Lisa? You um, learn everything you need to learn in kindergarten. Well, that's sure. Right? I'm sure that you did. <laughs> you do good in kindergarten, you folks. You do good? You do you well. Do good. You do well in kindergarten. Now, listen, I'm a big believer in school. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't wait to get out of it. <laughs> I wanted to get to work. I love being in school. Oh, I know. Lisa loved school. Loved school. Yeah, like eight or nine master's degrees. I went to college for a lot of years. I just I know. kept going and going she was like, and going. I like this. I'm going to stay in college. That way I don't have to get into the workforce. Well, no, I was working when I was Were in you? school, but in the college setting, in yeah. the institute, within the institution. I know you love school. I did. Gosh. I love. I loved with you know talking to intellectual people. You know, I really liked. I really liked high school and college, but I didn't like grammar school that much. I was like, oh, I don't like this. Well, high school but is once tough. I, high school was fun. High school's tough. Though. High school was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. And then I really liked college a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> clearly but I, you weren't listening much. <laughs> well, yeah, I was in the plays and playing baseball and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we're listening to Night Beat. We'll get back to the Tong War from 1950. <laughs> 
Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is uh, 12.36 on a Monday morning. Happy Monday, Lisa. Um, we're listening to Nightbeat, and Nightbeat is one of the classic radio shows that we uh, put in the classic radio club. every Maybe every other third month or so, we'll put a Nightbeat in there. Suspense, The Shadow, Lone Ranger, Jack Benny. These are all shows you get as part of the classic radio club, and they always sound fantastic quality, direct from the master recordings. They're all uh, complete, unedited. Nothing is uh, removed from them. You get the full-length shows, and you get liner notes that I write about the 10 shows each and every month. So if you want to be one of the many, many hundreds of people that are part of the Classic Radio Club and a member of the club, just go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com, ClassicRadioClub.com. That is the website. It's all there, how you can join and how you get your 10 shows. You can get them via digital download sent to you each month, or you can get them on five CDs in a collector case. There's a toll-free number, too, right, Lisa? Yeah, there sure is. You can call our uh, operators. They are standing by. They they do answer the phone. If they don't answer at night, it's maybe uh, you leave a message. <laughs> maybe, maybe too late. I mean, there are 24 hours, but if yeah. they don't answer, then call they'll, call, they'll call you back. I'll give you the number. The toll-free number for the Classic Radio Club is 888-642-6556. 888-642-6556. Join the Classic Radio Club. In fact, uh, the October CDs and digital downloads yep. are going out to people, and there's some good, a couple of good scary radio shows in there as well. But right now, let's get back to the Tong War on Nightbeat. You are listening to Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. <laughs> Well, as they say, no two ways about it. My questions had stirred up a little interest outside of Chinatown. I was taken to the north side, to a penthouse, and there I met... Hello. I'm Luke Farwell, Stone. I've uh, heard of you. Good. Read your column in the Star. Good stuff. Oh, thank you. I read your stuff in the papers, too. Mine? Yeah. Front page items. You believe all you read, Stone? I always have, ever since my first fairy tale. (laughs) Here, sit down. I'd, uh, I'd rather stand. Oh, come on, Stone. We've got to talk. You look uncomfortable standing there. Well, I will admit I've been more comfortable. Certainly. Sit down. Now, uh, drink? No, thank you. A cigar? Have I got one coming? Big pardon? Well, cigars. You get them when you hit the bullseye or ring the bell. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right, Stone. Maybe you've come close. Maybe too close, huh? Nobody gets too close. That's so I've heard. You don't seem surprised you were brought here. Well, I asked questions. News got around to you. I expected this, Farwell. I see. Uh, how much does the star pay you? Enough. Five thousand a week? Oh, sure. Sure, but they make the check out for a smaller amount on account of taxes. Of course. Well, uh, here's a week's salary. According to me, 5000 Am I worth that? To forget this story, yes. Do I have a story? You do. You ask questions, put two and two together. Yes, so I did. Want me to tell you what it adds up to? I'm interested. Okay, here it is, Farwell. You got your fingers in a lot of rackets. Now you'd like to move in on the Fantan and the Mahjong games in every Chinatown in the country. And so far, they've kept you out, right? Go on. Yes, I will. 
And now two Chinese of rival tongs have quarreled, and the tongs are ready to fight. It's an affair of honor between them, but to you it's a chance. So you've hired out your hoods and killers, your muscle men and your dirty talk. That's enough. No, not quite. It's an old story, Farwell. Divide and conquer, play one side against the other, then move in and take over, no matter who gets killed. <laughs> and who cares about a few Chinamen? Well, maybe I do. Misplaced altruism. Yeah. Well, it's still almost two hours before the deadline, before the killing starts. It's not too late to settle that dispute, to show them what they're doing. Letting you in for a minute so you can stay there for the rest of their lives. Stay out of it, Stone. Maybe not. You think your newspaper connection brings you an immunity another person may not enjoy. I always lived in a dream world. Exactly. Uh, excuse me. You ring for me, Mr. Farwell? Yes, Charlie, I did. Uh, Mr. Stone is having a dream. Take him somewhere and wake him up. You take a roll of nickels and a fist, a piece of rubber hose, and expert hands. No, you don't break any bones. You don't even bring blood. You don't have to. But the one who takes the beating wishes it had been a nice quick slug from a gun. I woke up somewhere along the lakefront. The rain was coming down in sheets. It felt good. It was clean and it was cool. I got to my feet and the buildings leaned over, closing in on top of me. It's funny. All I could see was Farwell's face smiling. It's in front of me all the way back to Chinatown in the cab. Still in front of me when I knocked again at Shinyuk's back door. Who? Open up, Eileen. Come on, come on, open up. Yeah, it's Mr. Stone. Where's your father? He, he is here. All right, will you close that door and lock it? You are hurt. Well, I felt better. Hello, Chinyak. I'm back. Oh, you would not listen to me. No, no, I wouldn't, so I got paid off. Eileen, bring medicine. Yes, father. They did a good job on me, didn't they, York? I'm sorry. Here, sit down. Thank you. You, you concerned yourself with that which I warned you was better left alone. Okay, Okay, say I told you so, so I stuck my nose in, and this is what happened to it. You were dealing with violent men. Uh-huh. And so are you, Chinyuk. You know who's in back of those hoods hired by one of the tongs? I can guess. It's not a guessing game anymore. It's Farwell. Yes. You know? I know. Well, then you know what he wants and what he's after. You know that he's got... Yeah, the medicine, Father. Good. No, 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 no. Get that stuff away and listen to me. But you're... Wounded. I know they hurt. Yes, they hurt. I've been worked over by a couple of thugs. I saw Farwell. You... You went to him? Well, he uh, sent for me. The police? Ah, uh, tell the police Farwell have a million witnesses to swear he was in Florida an hour ago. Yes, that is so. And what if I write my story after the damage is done, Chinyuk? Huh? It will be just a story. Yeah, and Farwell will have what he wants. Look, Chinyuk, how much time is there before the, the killing starts? Less than half an hour. Well, you got time, then. You got time to stop it. Randy Stone, why do you concern yourself with this? Why? I'm a reporter, remember the story? No, there is more. Because of friendship for me? Well, maybe I just hate men like Farwell. Yes, yes, of course, but... But what, Shinyuk? Randy Stone, it will be hard for you to understand. But that which is bringing evil to me and my people is a thing of honor between two men. Honor? Oh, sure, honor. All right, Shinyuk, you better save up a lot of it. Put it in jars and bottles so you'll have some of it to look at after Farwell's got his hooks in. Got him in deep enough to tell all of you how to breathe and when. All right, 
Chin Yuck, I've said my piece. Now I'm going to do what you wanted me to do in the first place. I'm getting out of Chinatown. I'm going to stay. Wait. Yeah. When I was a boy, I was told, and I believe, that we Chinese were inventing paper and the compass when your ancestors were savages. Perhaps that is so. But now, now I find myself learning something from a white man. That huh? all mankind is one. Well, the lesson is free, Chinya. Goodbye. I'm not finished. Eileen. Father? Attend Mr. Stone's wounds, see that he is helped, and then bring him to the place of meeting. Father, you are... Obey me. Yes, Father. What are you talking about, Chinya? Honor is not held cheaply, nor is a debt incurred to be forgotten. No. Honor is held dear. So dear that before the night is over, one of two men must die. Before I knew what had happened, Chinyuk was gone. Without speaking, Eileen did as her father asked. I knew better than to try to get her to explain. And then she took me through the dark, twisting back ways. Not once did we have to go into the streets. And I kept thinking of what Chinyuk had said, that one of two men must die. And I had learned a secret, a secret that was dangerous. More than once as Eileen guided me, I thought of getting away and out of this, but how? I was lost in the maze of hallways and strange buildings. And then we came to a door, and Eileen knocked. Chinese, I didn't know, opened the door and looked at me hard for a moment and then spoke to Eileen. Yup, Lee. Follow him. What about you? I may not go. Please, follow him. All right. Ching Choa. I know enough Cantonese, he had told me to sit down, and I did. I was in a big room filled with Chinese. They saw me. They looked at me in silence. All those eyes studied me curiously, but with a strange, detached curiosity. And then I saw Chin Yuk, dressed in the fashion of old China. He walked to me. Randy Stone, you will hear first a story. Then you will speak. Chinyuk. Listen. Tengla. We will speak in the foreign tongue so that my friend will understand. Randy Stone. A long time ago, two men tied their fortunes together in business. One was Ali. You see him there. The other was Chinyuk. You? Ali and Chinyuk are rival tongues, yet the strange ways of business forced them together. Ali and Chinyuk had put aside so much money so that each could be buried in China. But now, because of misfortune, there is only enough for one to return to China to be buried among his ancestors. Then that's what the quarrel is about? Bitterness came upon these two men. They spoke words of hatred until... Until they're willing to fight about it and bring on a tongue war? Honor will not be satisfied unless the tongue that wins is that of Ali. 
Oh, Chinyuk. I told you, Chinyuk, neither tongue will win. The only winner will be Farwell. He'll control you through this. First the Fantan and the Mahjong, and then the restaurants. Everything every Chinese does will be dictated by Farwell. I've seen it happen in other places. Why not here? Yes, but there is a debt we Chinese owe you, Randestor. You don't owe me anything. You could have given your life. He wouldn't have killed me. That you did not know. Ali, will you honor us by coming forward? I am here, Chinyuk. Ali, look at this white man who is my friend, who by his actions has become the friend of all of us. There is a debt. What say you, Ali? There is a debt, Chinyuk. And what of the payment of the debt, Ali? What say you, Chinyuk? I am willing to let fate decide our quarrel. So say I. Ah. Has everyone heard this, men of the snake and the hawk? It is decided. Bring cakes and wine. It was like a strange dream. The Chinese of the two tongues waiting. The polite, time-honored ritual. A plate full of rice cakes and a flask of wine. And then I guessed one of the cakes was poisoned. Only one. Then silently, Chinyuk and Ali each chose a cake and ate and sipped the wine. And then another cake. In silence, the two Chinese ate until no more cakes were left. And then... It is finished, Ali. It is finished, Chinyuk. Then listen, men of the hawk and men of the snake. It has been decided... I say, let there be no violence. Ali? Let there be no violence. Chinyuk. Yes, my friend. Will this hold? Will everyone go through with it? We have pledged our words. There is no more to be said. Ali? Yes, Chinyuk. In a few moments, one of us will mount the dragon. Let there be no rancor between us. No bitterness now. It is written. Even the tiger and the deer may drink at the same stream. So be it. So be it. So. So. He's dead, Chinook. Yes. Ali is dead. Now go, you men of the hawk and the snake. Go and tell those of evil who have come among us that the thing is finished. Without a word, the Chinese left the room. Chinyuk and I were left alone with Ali. For a moment, Chinyuk looked down, and then silently he led me away, back through the twisting passages, back to his restaurant. And there... Eileen? Yes, my father. Bring tea? Yes, my father. Randy. What, Chinook? The debt is paid. Yes, the debt is paid. Total for the night, some bruises and one dead man. Ah, but this is better than many dead men, Randy. Oh, I know it is. But I, uh... Look, uh, Chinook, I, uh... Yes, my friend. What is it? Well, you know how I mean this. Uh, Ali... Well, I'm, I'm sorry he had to die, but I... 
Well, I'm glad it wasn't you. Ah, it is strange what men will do to reach heaven. Yes, a thousand different religions in the world. And each tries for one thing. The same goal. In my religion, it is easier for a man to attain heaven if he rests among his ancestors. And you... Well, Ali is dead and... And you're left. <laughs> well, there's nothing funny. No, nothing. Except that you still do not understand. You see, even now, Ali's body is on its way to China. Ali won. I lost. East is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet. But they met tonight in a strange way. Someone once wrote, the best study of mankind is man himself. But where do you start? How do you tie together all the loose ends that different people have hanging around? I guess, I guess you begin as Chinook said, by remembering that when you get right down to it, all mankind is one. Copy, boy. Nightbeat, a new dramatic series, stars Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight's script was written by Russell Hughes. Nightbeat is edited by Larry Marcus and directed by Warren Lewis. Music is by Frank Worth. The part of Chin Yook was played by Ben Wright. Others in tonight's cast were Jack Crucian, Paul DeBuff, Barbara Jean Wong and Tom Holland. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Rock Bottom, released by Warner Brothers. Listen next week at this same time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. The stories that come out of the shadows to find their way into Night Beat. Be sure to tune for thrill-packed action drama every Wednesday night on NBC. That is Nightbeat from April 17, 1950, The Tong War, starring Frank Lovejoy, is heard on NBC. 